This is Snaps for Sinners, and you're tuned into Undergroundopolis. It was Sunday, I was running from my friends and kissing strangers. We were strangers. You were the latter of my days, our love will never be a phase. Someone remind me, Whoa. Take take a hike records, I believe, with what I came across in my my limited research. I did get some yeah. in. Yes, you sir. That, right. that was something that me and Bridget started um in the pandemic, just because we've been like trying to figure out how to sell merch online for our own stuff. And there's like a lot of like weird loopholes if you want to do it legally, like you have to like do taxes and stuff and you have to like <laughs> set up an LLC and it just was like yeah. increasingly frustrating. And we thought like if we set it up as a label, we could do this for a bunch of people through us. So nobody else has to like figure out how to do this. And we could just pay people out as like independent contractors, basically. So yeah, it, was, man. it was like a big mind puzzle and it took some time to figure out, but it was a good project for quarantine and I'm glad we did it. So yeah, there's already enough you kind of have to be thinking about and concentrating on as a band. And it's like, you know, especially with our friends in the area, like we would love to just, Hey, just put our merch on, put your merch on our site and we'll help you get it out there. Cause like, gosh, there's so much still confusing things. We're just kind of struggling through as it comes up, but we're learning day by day and we have a pretty good handle on it now. So yeah, it's been fun. No regrets. Cool, man. No regrets. <laughs> what is your favorite show you played? Mm, chop Shop. <laughs> we played a, a gig at a place called Chop Shop and it has like a butcher shop in the front. And in the back, it's this big stage. And we play there twice now. And it's, I think, both times been very, very awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's always cool when you can go to a venue that does lights for you. I feel like as a local band, that's super rare. And so when it does, it's just like you feel like you're playing the biggest arena in the world. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have a light show, <laughs> you know? Um, but we've played a couple sold out. The times that we sold out shows were just such a thrill. We played a, a sold out show at Beat Kitchen, mm -hmm. um, which is a local venue in Chicago. It's like 300 cap or so, and that was just so magical. Um, at the end of the set, we actually all switched instruments for our last song, and just stuff like that yeah, keeps, right. keeps things so interesting and fun for, I feel, both us and the audience. So that would be mine. Yeah, I I do. I will say that Chop Chop Show was magical. The Beat Kitchen one was cool because we had this big, like, it was a, a release show, so we, like, had a lot of interactive stuff um, with the other bands, and we actually took time to get to know them and like we met up and did promo stuff and like we had um like all the vocalists got together and did a collab in the like in the audience acoustically which was really yeah. fun and i just That's feel right. like there was so much happening we really like honed in on like let's make this an experience for everybody instead of like all right your fans come for your show then they leave and our fans come for our show and then they leave so that that was like a very magical night but i would say that in chop shop and then also we we played a really fun house show in michigan in kalamazoo on one of our tours that was like uh in someone's basement and it was just packed and it just 
I felt the love. It was very intimate yeah. and just the energy was very wholesome oh, and positive. I got, I got the, another one. I got to bring up the one in South Bend. I, I thought of that one too, yeah. Because uh, we played in South Bend and we got to open for um, Flint Eastwood, who I think now they go by Jax. But mm-hmm. that was, yeah. they like set us up in a hotel. They like that gave was us true. free food and drinks. And That's my favorite played. and least favorite show we ever played because I blew my voice out and something. It was my first time playing. Oh, outside. a lot went wrong. A I, lot like, went wrong. All of my but, fiddles, but it was still the best day because we we went white water rafting and like we <laughs> yeah. just made a whole we, day like, out did of it. Events and then we like partied at this hotel they got for <laughs> us. It just like felt like we were doing the real thing. It was yeah. living the big time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well. Here's the counter question, probably my favorite. What show did which which is your least favorite show? Ooh, I gotta think about that. I'll go first because yeah. I actually recently answered <laughs> oh, the question. He's got an ready. answer. It's that one I just said because it was really I, I was so happy to be there and it felt so official and so like professional and I just I felt so I went I went I went to my hotel and cried afterwards. It was rough. But um <laughs> Uh, just I and, and, it, and then it was all okay, and it was still a great day. But like I, I felt <laughs> embarrassed because something went wrong. I was tired, or something I had eaten wasn't settling, with, uh, sitting with me right, and I just felt embarrassed that like I didn't do what I thought was my best. But then the other show is when we played. I think it was Moe's Tavern. Um, this person I was like crushing on a lot said that they were going to come to the show. And then they just ghosted and never showed up. And I spent like the whole set like waiting for, them, waiting for them to walk in and hoping oh. that they would walk in. And it was just like a very non-centered, disappointing. That evening. place is funny because it's like a, a Simpsons themed bar, but they don't have the licensing. Yeah. So yeah. Like, everything's a little bit weird. It's like bootleg. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they have like a like a, a off-brand Simpsons family painted on the wall. Like they're just a little bit different. It's not called most tavern. So like, who's who are we kidding here? Yeah. Um, my answer would have to be I won't I won't name the venue. It's not important. But we I set up a show in Milwaukee one time, and um, the communication with the promoter, the venue was was pretty normal. Um, so I figured you know I would have someone to you know, just like connect with on the day of the show, right? When we come in, like, where do we set up, et cetera, et cetera. We get to the venue and nobody that I contacted is even there. There's like a bartender or two. I tried like asking, hey, like, is there, you know, who do I talk to here, right? Um, And they're just like, oh yeah, I don't think they're here today. Go on and and I guess you could just, you know, go to the back room. So we had to like figure out the sound system and set up everything ourselves, which I was just not expecting at all. Like we literally... Like, I think I was like, should I take money at the door? Because, like, no one is working the show. So that was quite a a trip from beginning to end. But we pulled it off and people came. I mean, it's not like no one came. So I always consider that a win. Um, But it was very, it's interesting when you have a DIY show in a a venue because it's like, there should be someone here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's not. (laughs) Highlights of that show was there was a dog, a guy walking around offering people raw hot dogs. Um, right. and we got some great Snapchats out of it. It's true. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Haley. I was gonna say, um, we played this house show that was just like the show itself wasn't that bad, but the venue was just like a dark hole of a basement with no <laughs> lights, and it was like so musty smelling. And like, you had to watch out for pipes, like, you're gonna hit your head on a pipe, and it just it, 
I don't know. I was like, that's the most I ever was like, oh, we're going to get murdered. Was that can't, win can't win them all, folks. The one by Susan when, Village? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The show itself was great. I had fun. Yeah. It was, just, it was yeah, weird. <laughs> the, the fans that came for one of the bands were like really rowdy too and like put a hole in the wall somewhere. <laughs> it was not good for like the people that own, own the DIY show were like, we're never doing this again. This is a horrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. And then cue us bowing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We didn't do we it. Live to serve. We didn't. We did it by proxy. By proxy. <laughs> but yeah. That man, that'd be. <sighs> Somebody yeah, knocked a hole in the wall. <laughs> I know. We've had some weird times. Yeah. <laughs> well, elaborate. That's what this show is about. <laughs> weird times. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we for our first EP release, we I had set it up with. Oh, oh yeah. Cat here, hello. Let's go. <laughs> my cat famous. Here. Dude, it was the first EP release and my first show with the band. Yeah. Awesome. Great start. The thing about, I feel like it just, you know, time is really half the battle when it comes to bands. Because, like, you just have to, like, start pulling places to know what they are. Or else you're never going to know, like, what the good venues are, what the bad ones are. So that's how I rationalize uh, my day to day. Um, But, (laughs) no, we had booked a show um, uh, a while away. It was in the suburbs because we, at the time, were all living there. And it was our EP release show. So obviously it was a really big deal. We were all hyped for it. Um, and again, I had, you know, been in contact with somebody. It seemed like everything was going well. You know, I always reach back out to confirm, make sure there's no, you know, do as much as possible to make sure that you're not blindsided by anything that could come. Right. So we pull up to the venue. The lights are dark. The doors are locked. Bad sign. Um, we pull up, you know, kind of investigate what's going on. It seems like it's just completely dead, shuttered. Um, I try contacting the person that I had been in touch with. He says, oh, no, that's weird. Like, I had told the owner, you know, blah, 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 blah. Apparently, he tried calling the owner. The owner didn't pick up. I tried calling directly. No answer. We weren't able to get in touch with the owner at all. It just turns out he had forgotten. So, <laughs> so, so the we owner were in had the forgotten. Lot with, like, the other band that showed up, and we, like, went to a burrito place and tried to, like, last minute figure out what we're going to do. <laughs> We had like a half hour to spare. I'm just going through every contact in my phone and thinking about anyone who could have any sort of connection to a space. I get to somebody um, named John who runs a venue in my hometown, which is at that point like 45 minutes away, but better something than nothing, right? You'd rather have a show than not a show, right? So we, I call him up. He says, you know, I'd ha- I'm happy to have you. Just come on down. I'll figure out a door person for you. So we all jet down the highway at like 80 miles an hour texting everyone that we know we're like calling everybody i'm like driving with one hand like trying to post on our social media of like the show's move the show's move because it's like doors open in half an hour like we're barely even getting there on time we ended up making it i don't think anyone went to the wrong location i hope to god um and the show the show was a blast i mean but but, like they already knew like they didn't like miss the show like they got Mm-hmm. Quite a few people that were like, I'm almost there. I'm like, oh, not anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. you got to turn around. Yeah, some people did have to turn around. But, you know, for what it was, we pulled it off. We had a great night. A lot of people It came. was pretty full. It was yeah. a good turnout. Everybody got to play. It was. And it, the only thing I could ask for was that people could still come. Because, I mean, that was just such a, a quick left turn. But, mm-hmm. you know, we made it out alive. <laughs> that was so, a fun one. As far as Chicago bands, who do you like to share a stage with? Mm. And this this is when I'm poaching. I'm poaching other bands to contact to be on the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely, dude. 
I yeah. think one of my favorites is uh, we toured with this band, Team and Aid from Ohio, and yeah. we did we did like a couple days run in a row with them, and it just just like get to know them better and see their show every night was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it called? Team and Aid. Yeah, the they are from Ohio, um, but yeah. they are yeah. amazing. Still, highly recommend them. As far as Chicago goes, we've shared the stage with so many cool people. Um, man, who comes to mind? Uh, Aunt Kelly that we mentioned earlier. Aunt yeah, Kelly, I love them. August Super Hotel. Kick. Um, Super Kick. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're in St. Louis uh, now, but they are from here. August Hotel and, and Violet Crime Splits. Oh, mm-hmm. Sunday Cruise. Love Sunday yeah, Cruise. Good. Oh my gosh, they are popping off. They're yes, popping up lately. They are mm-hmm. huge now. Um, we got a show coming up with a band called Guardrail. They are really good. They describe cool. themselves as, as diet punk, which is funny. Calico Loco. Oh yeah, That's we're coming. Com- yeah, we have that coming up. They're really they're, cool. They're cool. Mm-hmm. We'd love to play with Friday Pilots Club someday. It's like my yeah, goal. Dude. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah, so that's just a handful, but there's so there's so much talent here. It's just insane. Yeah. Who who would you like to collaborate with? Ooh. Other than yourselves, of course. I love this question because like collabing is is so is so cool, and it's like I actually I'm I collabed with Hornbill out in Utah. Mm-hmm. I'm guest. I did guest vocals, which are like. Um, not what I would usually sing. They're like hard punk vocals, which I got to like explore that. And um, that's on one of their songs on their upcoming album that'll be out this year, next year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as I a think band, pretty much like mm-hmm. if anybody reached out, I think that that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Just to like challenge how you look at a song. I don't know. We've done a few like cover collabs with um, Eva from Honest Hotel, which was really mm-hmm. fun. With Jeff from Violet Crime, Crime, Mm -hmm. with um, Kylie from Mild West. Mm -hmm. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's another good local band. Is the Mild West? They are also popping off. Yeah, Yeah. there's a few vocalists that if they like ever for some reason like just reached out and were like, "Yo, can I be on this?" I'd be like, "Yes, please, please, please." Yeah. So yeah. Speaking of um, Friday Pilots Club, it's funny because we actually did get. Um, one of their members to mix our upcoming song, which was yeah, like, so, yeah, that is kind of a collab. We couldn't believe how easy it was to kind of get a hold of him and, and be like, "Are you interested?" And he was like, "Absolutely." We were like, "Oh, cool!" You know, it was, it was very easy. And then um, a member of the band Capital Soiree mastered mm-hmm. that track as well. So they're good too. You never know who like is actually in reach that you might think is out of yeah. reach. You know, a lot of people are in, still in the same boat you're in, even if, even if they might have like a bunch more people coming to their shows. You know, I think everyone more or less starts in the same place and everyone remembers, you know, the road they took to get there. So, yeah, and yeah it's, it's cool, been really like, cool. Funny. Reaching out, learning, like I'm trying to I like, try to be careful because I can come across like overly friendly at times. But like, um, <laughs> so like all, sometimes all it takes is just like reaching out in a band that's like, you know, your size or just like kind of similar vibes. All you got to do is be like, hey, I love your stuff. If you ever want to like do something yeah let's do it that's kind of how the cover projects worked we j- i just wanted to try and foster some relationships and get to know some of the the other artists because we spend so much time together and then you go to the shows and it's fun but like if you you don't always have time to bond with the other other bands or like get to know them and mm-hmm. it can be kind of awkward so like but in yeah. time you you meet we, we went to that uh the splits and the um why am i blanking on uh, on their name Pink squeeze. Pink squeeze, yeah. Love them. them. We saw like I saw at least five people from five different bands that we all have 
cross paths with at some point or that we will be in the future. And I thought mm -hmm. that was really cool just to kind of like, it's like my peers and my friends, they're also my yeah. music neighbors. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. it's a very supportive community. Um, and I think especially during quarantine, that was really the perfect time to just hit some people up because we were so bored. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't get together and, and practice and write as usual. Um, and I think that we didn't waste that time either. We we like got closer with everybody. We, you know, wrote with people. We did covers with people. We tried our best to just have stuff going despite the world being so locked down. Um, and yeah, it's just a really cool little community that we found ourselves in here. I feel really fortunate. first album you bought with your or cd or whatever you bought with your own money that you listened to and threw it out the window immediately oh i have one i have one i have one okay this is so um do y'all have a store called disc replay where you're from rob i think so i don't know there's one here but i know about disc replay I, okay other places i've lived so i went to a disc replay with my friend steven when he was home from college and we saw this like it was like Green Day lullabies and we thought it was like the entire album like sung as like lullabies. We thought it was a cover album. So we like we bought it so quick and it was just a freaking glockenspiel the entire time of just <laughs> oh the melody God. of the, the vocals. I know what you're so talking like, about. <laughs> how dare you know what I'm talking about? That sounds kind of sick, actually. So it's just it's like very it, nice. It's just like <laughs> melodies on a, on a glockenspiel of like Green Day. And we were so disappointed. Was it put out we, by Green Day? No, no, it was no, like, no, it's just some random person playing it on a keyboard. I don't know why you would get that. I think that's the only time I've ever like bought something and then gotten rid of it go ahead <laughs> i got one um by this band called man man because i liked uh one of their songs so i just went and bought the record when i saw it out of the fye or something and it was just like pirate shanties and like oh. just not it's just like it was a really weird, like conceptual pirate type album, and I just was you don't really get it, thrown man. off by it. You don't You're get it, maybe. Ready. I just was like, oh, <laughs> I think I still have it. I just like, I don't listen to it because why would I need this? You're not ready for man, man, dude. No, I'm not. Um, I can't. I don't know if I ever threw anything out the window once I had money. But before I had money, I would get CDs at the library, and I liked most of what I found. When I was that age, I was in middle school, high school, trying to figure out what's the extent of like what I like and what I don't like, right? There's so many genres at that point you've never even heard. 
And so I had a lot of friends that were into kind of a little bit harder music with a little bit more screams. And I had I had a couple bands that I really liked with screams. Some of my friends were even, you know, more hardcore than that. So I tried out a CD from the library from a band called Asking Alexandria. Oh, and that's how I knew my limit. I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> he just sounds really mad. You don't have enough testosterone rage. I guess not. That was my limit. I was like, I don't think I can do this much, this much mad. You know, I'm just not that yeah. mad. So that would have to be mine. Is there a particular particular producer you would love to work with? Ace I love this question. Ace Enders has done a lot of cool stuff um, for both a band I like called The Wonder Years and a band I like called Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties. And it's just that kind of one of those household names that you don't realize has been behind so many amazing records. Um, there are a lot more people than that, but I, I always kind of forget the names until I look it up again. But like a lot of the modern albums that I've listened to like have usually been done at like one or two of the same studios. Electrical Audio um, here in downtown Chicago is one that sticks out. I have a band that I like called Hippocampus that recorded there one time. Um, our friends Beach Bunny also recorded there. And so I think there are a couple of different producers there, but they they all do such an amazing job. Like everything I've heard out of there is great. So I would say anyone from Electrical Audio for me. Yeah, maybe and I'll, enough cash. And I'll interject. Beach Bunny, if you're watching, if you see this video, I have reached out to you. And <laughs> I really like They're to on have top you of the Beach Bunny. They're on top of the uh, world. Yeah, I have reached out to him. I'm hoping I'm hoping to hear back from him. a band called Terra Terra. I'm trying to lock yeah, in a date with them. We love with them. them. <laughs> I actually know one of the one of my friends is dating someone who's in that band, and I found that out after we played the show with them. Oh, um, cool, yeah. I would say uh, John Feldman just is uh, it's such a stretch, but like he's done so much so much cool stuff with the used. Um, oh yes, and Legendary. whoever. Whoever produced Pierce the Veil's first like two albums, I, the production on that, go listen. Okay, it's so good. It's just it's the production. I so good. don't need to go listen. I know those. Bridget is burned into Bridget's brain. It is burned into my brain. And if I'm going to take substances, you're, you're that is limits. my choice of listening. This is past my limits. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think for me, that's kind of something that like when we get to that stage is same. something I look more into because it's like uh, who can we reasonably afford who would be a dream like what fits our sound best and honestly um, working with Drew from Friday Pilots was pretty cool because that's been yeah. something we've been trying to nail down for a while. I was going to say that um, anyone that sorry I go finish I'm talking no, you're good. I was going to say anyone that that knows a lot about like vocal engineering I'm really curious about mostly not necessarily just for like effects and stuff but like I want to learn like what are the frequencies in my voice that make me shine and I'm as I like as I like dive more into it like alone and, and I, I learn think- a little bit about mixing it's like I want to know like how do I make how can I make myself sound the best and also how can I make it fit our sound in a way that like kind of defines whatever genre we're in you know think- like sometimes it's just so polished that I, I, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, like 420 kilohertz. Hell you got, yeah. You got me. Audio humor. What's the best musical advice you've ever been getting? You've been given, getting, given, given. Yeah, currently getting. Let me think for a second. I actually, I think this actually is a really good one. And it's like the bands that are successful are the bands that just never break up. Like if you just keep going with it, eventually like you're going to get some mild level of success true yep. i think I like it, that. 
yeah, it's just like longevity and like sticking to something if you really believe in it. I would say a professor I had told me not to worry about finishing college back when I was still in school for music and I didn't finish college. And that like was a huge mental roadblock for me feeling like I couldn't, I'd never like amount to anything unless I had like this, like one rite of passage, I guess. And getting like the permission to just like forge my own path was really empowering. Mm, I like that a lot. I, I can't remember exactly where I read this, but at some point, you know, in my quest to understand anything about this industry, I came across some piece of advice that just really hit home. And it was just like, you get for, for this profession, you get exactly what you put into it. And like, I think a lot of people when they release music kind of expect it to just go somewhere, but there is like so much music uploaded to the internet every day. Uh I mean, it's amazing and also terrible if you also want to do that and stick out because you have to take it upon yourself to send it to as many people as you can find that give a fuck, which is rare because obviously there's just so much coming at you all the time, like in general, but also with new music, it's like, you know, taking the time to listen to something. um, I feel like because of that, that just like means so much more to me now more than it ever has. (laughs) Mm. I like realize that there's it's just so it's so oversaturated and so when I find out that someone actually took the time aside to listen to you know our songs I know it's just three minutes but like the fact that you did that means a lot to me so just as far as you know putting into it I think I have just kind of I don't know put it upon myself to really pour myself into it I figure like yeah I'm choosing this really unconventional route if I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do it 110 percent you know, that way, when, whenever I look back, whatever happens, I know that I, I did absolutely everything I could. You know, no regrets like before. So Girl boss. You got anything you want to add before we wrap this up? I'm starting to run out of time here. Hmm. Look for our tour announcements. It's coming very soon. Mm-hmm. October, hint, hint, hint. We will obviously be playing with Rob and Louisville. Very excited for that one. Yes. Um, you look out for that single. It'll be coming uh, sometime in the future. Who knows when? So true. Um, and, you know, follow us on our socials if you want to hear more from our stupid faces. We're at We Can Run Club on pretty much everything. You know, hit us up. You know, say what's good. Follow us. Be our friend. This is Jose Ortega, host of the first-hand paranormal storytelling podcast, What I Witnessed. And here's your joke of the week. I got hit in the head by a soda can, but it didn't hurt that much because it was a soft drink.
That is all our time we have for now. Thank you for listening to Undergroundopolis. Remember, we do this every Wednesday night, bringing you new and exciting artists every week. Be sure to hit up their websites and social media and stream or download their music. If you like this show, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, any streaming platform, and leave us a review as well. I'm your host, Rob Lyon, signing off.